Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Argyle Chat, the weekly Argyle podcast brought to you by Plymouth Live Sports Desk. Hello and welcome to this episode of Argyle Chat. Joining me today, Jack Ball, is Danny Salmon. Hello. Morning. Just us two today. Well, it's okay. I think we'll, we'll get through it okay, Jim. No, no Christmas stew. <laughs> They're on uh, well-earned days off. Um, uh, don't know about well-earned. <laughs> but our goal have continued a very good run of form. Walsall last night, 2-1 winners. First of all, what, what were your impressions on the... What, what were your thoughts going into the game? And what are your impressions after the game? Well, my impression going into the game is that we, we're, a, we're a team at the moment full of confidence, mm-hmm. um, playing some very, very good football at home. I mean, it was a great win at Southend as well. So that was a good performance against a side that actually um, has done pretty well and, and had a good result after our uh, after we beat them. Um, and I just I just felt that, you know, that there's, there's that sort of confidence going into that game that I was always confident that we were going to get a good result um, against Walsall. So it was very positive. And it was the second game in a row where it's been nil nil at half-time. Yeah. Different circumstances this time around in, compared to the Coventry game because in Coventry obviously they scored first and Argo came from behind to win. This time Argo got themselves in front with two goals. What, what when you go nil nil at the break? What do you think Derek Adams is sort of saying to his players? More of the same? Well, it depends on how the game is going. I mean, I felt that um, also after a, a good three nil victory at Gillingham uh, on the Saturday, mm-hmm. they came to just try and get something from the game. They they defended very deep. Um, they they stuck to one up front when they were defending. Um, and we were pressing and we had some half chances and got into good positions. But, you know, give credit to Walsall, they defended well. They had a couple of half chances as well from set pieces. Um, Carl Lever made one yeah. good save in particular before David Fox Absolutely. came out for a corner. Didn't and they had a volley that sort of went over the crossbar from close range. But generally, um, they, they tried to spoil the game. And I think that we did enough. I don't think Derek Adams would have said nothing other than if we keep going the way we are, nick a goal, we'll be okay. I'm sure that that's what he said at half-time. And that's exactly what happened um, with Ryan Edwards and Niall Canavan scoring the goals. Now, Ryan Edwards scored against Warsaw in the first game of the season and Niall Canavan, funnily enough, Warsaw was a team he scored most against in his career. I think three goals against them, four now. Um, but it's important that defenders chip in with goals. Obviously, we had it last season with Edwards and Sonny Bradley. This year, has been we, we know about the issues defensively, but they've not been great in the attacking box as well from set pieces. But... That changed last night and how important is that? Well, it is really important. I tell you, it's not a surprise that when you've got Freddie Ladapo, mainly the only goal scorer in the side early part of the season, no, not many people were chipping in with goals. You know, the odd goal from Graham Carey, none of the others were coming in with goals and it does make a massive difference. When a team does well, there's loads of people chipping in. Um, and it just goes to show you the difference now in the performance levels and the results is that other t- players now are actually chipping in. Lemiris has come in and done brilliant. Yeah. He's scoring goals. Um, the two goals, obviously two defenders scoring goals. And it really does become an all-round team performance rather than we rely on one player or two players to score us goals. Um, great deliveries from Graham Carey for those two goals. But we just looked hungry to go in and score. 
you know, there wasn't that hesitation. It seems like that confidence levels, and I've written about it many times. Confidence is a massive thing for players. Yeah. And when they go into a game with a little bit of, you know, fear, a little bit of fear, a little bit of tendency to, to hold back and maybe not commit themselves, then all of a sudden you start to win football matches and people gain confidence. That's exactly what happens. And Ryan Edwards with a good header, great diving header from Narcanavan as well. So, you know, yes, it is important. And I think that's why the, the change of performance and also the change of results has happened because other people are now beginning to score goals. And obviously you played in defence quite a lot in, in your career. I mean, how has there always been an impetus on defenders to try and get the odd goal or, or is that a sort of a more modern thing? No, 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 no. I mean, you know, managers in the past have always said, you know, we have a lot of set pieces in football matches, mm. free kicks and corners and throw-ins all in the final third. And the centre-halves are so good at clearing their areas in defence, yeah. they should be getting on the end of things also in attack. So that emphasis has always been there for defenders to score around 10 goals a season from set pieces. You know, with the amount of set pieces you have, that's not a lot to ask for when you've got people with good aerial ability. And you had Graham Cockling, didn't we? Uh, yeah. All those years ago, it was a top goal scorer for Argyle. And it, yeah. like you said, it's good to see them both getting off uh, the mark in the game against Walsall. But also... Graham Carey's probably not been had his best season, to be fair to him. His, his, his set-pieces delivery has been not particularly great this season. So it's good to see him coming into form and delivering with set-pieces. Yeah, I, I think there's a, I've said this before, that there's a lot of pressure on him mm-hmm. to be the only one. Now that pressure is a little bit off of him because we have Sarsovic playing well. We've got Lemiris obviously really yeah. playing well. Um, he will contribute. He gives us good balance uh, on one side with Lemiris on the other side. And I think that even though he's not playing at his best, he has had moments in the last few games that he can show what he can do. And he does create and help that forward momentum. So, you know, I'm sure he'd like to be the main man. But as long as he's contributing to what's happening as a good team performance, I think he'll be quite happy at this moment in time. And Argyle very rarely do things the easy way. They like to give fans something to worry about a little yeah. bit. And Andy Cook obviously scored a late goal, but Argyle held out despite a fair bit of Walsall pressure in the last five minutes. But they held out and again carried on that 100% record in 2019. Oh, absolutely. The, the thing about us, we've come from behind. We've now gone in front and won a game. So all of that bodes well. The goal was really disappointing because he had the ball on the edge of the 18-yard box. And he's tippy-tapping around all the way into the six-yard box. And nobody got close enough to him to stop mm. him from scoring. So that was a bit uh, disappointing on that, uh, on that front. Um, but, but generally, I think that we were well worth the 2-1 win. I don't think that they came, um, especially for the first three quarters of the game, to do anything but try and get a, a result out of it. Um, and the last 10 minutes, obviously, they're going to put us under a little bit of pressure. But, you know, we, we held on uh, pretty well. And the defence has now shored up a fair bit. You know, it mu- looks much stronger. I know it was quite a poor goal to the seed from, from Cook. But what, why do you think there's been a change now? Why do you think Argos are defending better? Obviously, you've got Ashley Smith-Brown, who's moved from his usual left-back to right-back. So he's playing out of position, but he's thrived in that position. And is, is it just a case of having the same players playing week in, week out, or... Do you think something has changed in terms of the, what they do on the training? No, I don't. I think that, you know, Gary Sawyer's made a difference. Yeah. Um, you know, he's your out-and-out left-back, talks well. Um, you know, Ryan Edwards obviously had his problems last year and he took time to get back into playing the way he is now. Because um, he's looked much better in recent weeks, hasn't he? Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, and, you know, Ashley, on, on, you know, going from left-back to right-back, 
I said right at the start of the season that those young players coming from Premier League sides are not used to playing the hurly-burly of League One football. Yeah. Even if they've gone on loan occasionally, uh, they, they, you know, they're, they're full season, it's, it's tough. And he's learning to cope with that now. And I think he's making better decisions. Um, and I think we've just got a bit more continuity with the Fox um, Songo just in front of them yeah. that helping support. Um, and, you know, it, it's obviously... Confidence is one thing. Playing together, you know, week in, week out also helps. And, and having experienced players like Gary Sawyer and Ryan Edwards coming back from illness and getting games under his belt all helps towards that. And again, like I said, massive confidence. You know, you feel a bit more confident about when you go out there on a Saturday or a, or a Tuesday to play football. And I've been quite critical of Matt Mason this season in terms of I don't think he's loud enough. I don't think he communicates his box very well. From what I see from where we sit... Um, you know, you always used to hear Luke McCormick, for example, shouting, and you never heard that with Macy. Carl Leverin's come in, and do you, has, has that played a part as well? Do, do, do you think he's organising the defence a bit better as well? Yeah, I think I think with Matt, um, with Kyle, um, the first couple of games that he actually come and played, he didn't actually do that well. I mean, I think he was at fault earlier on in the season. I think in one of the cup games uh, for two of the goals, and he just looked a little bit, you know. Suspect, but that is because he's on the bench every week. Yeah. He's not playing football matches. Um, so that probably was the reason why Carl, when he did come in, you know, that little bit of lack of football um, told. But since he came in for Matt Macy's injury, um, he's been terrific. And he is a bit more of a presence. Um, and I think he is more vocal. So, But you know what? When, when you go out and make some great saves and help your team win football matches, that also gives you a lot of confidence as well. So there's nothing going to get past me or my back yeah. four. And I think that that helps as well. Because that's what he did against Coventry. I, Absolutely. I think you know, he was basically man of the match, yeah. one of the top men in that game. But again, you're a defender. What, how much do you rely on your goalkeeper? You can give us a bit of an insight here. Do, you, do the four defenders or five defenders or three defenders have a match you're playing? Do, how much do they rely on the, the goalkeeper to sort of let them know what's going on? Do not underestimate having a good goalkeeper behind the back four. Every Premier League side that you've seen recently, mm -hmm. like Man City, like Man United, all the big teams, like Liverpool, when they have a goalkeeper that lacks confidence and ability and is struggling, you suddenly start leaking goals and you've got great defenders in front of you that really don't know what they're going to do or what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. It is very, very important that one, you trust your goalkeeper, that he helps the back four with talking with his position. And you know what, the goalkeeper can make your mind up for a lot of things, coming for crosses, making sure that people are marked up. Um, it is a very important part of a football team to have a very good goalkeeper and also trusting your back four and the back four trusting him. How, how do you develop that? Is it, is it just on the training ground or is it? it it's really the goalkeeper um, protecting his, his players in front mm -hmm. and vice versa. Defenders have also got to help the goalkeeper. You know, people blocking shots on the edge of the box and not allowing shots to go in so he doesn't have work to do. Um, and it, it's it, it's that trust. Um, obviously, you've got to have the ability yeah. and you've got to have a reason to have faith in the goalkeeper because if you're not particularly good and you keep dropping crosses and you keep letting goals in, you're not going to have confidence as a goalkeeper and the back four's not going to have confidence in you. But that's the thing, it's easy for fans to see the saves and they make all the goals they let in, but sometimes it's easy to ignore how much they do in terms of organisation. Oh, it? it's a lot. Believe me, in training, the goalkeeper does a lot in organising. Because the goalkeeper can see everything. Yeah. He's watching and he will be 
the first port of call when it comes to people being marked up nice and tightly. As soon as that ball goes out for a long throw in or a corner or a free kick, he's organising his back four, he's asking what he wants and that is very, very important. And it is a big thing that maybe supporters don't know how much, but it is a massive part of it. I know you know Michael Cooper quite well um, yeah. and you've been a big advocate of him getting more first team football. Um, it's not looking like it's going to happen this season. Do you think there's a chance of him being Argos' first choice next season? Or do you think it's getting to a time where they need to give him some football, otherwise he might as well go and sit on a bench for a bigger team? One, the reason why he's not on the bench, which I think, um, I think he should be, is that he's not going to play football. Mm. And I don't think that's good for a young goalkeeper. So him not being on the bench and playing on a Saturday is, a, is an important thing. When we struggled with our goalkeepers, I would have just put him in. I've, I've, I've been on record of saying that many times. He will only get better with playing games. He needs to learn to make mistakes under pressure, to play well under pressure, so he can gain the confidence and the experience all together. Yeah. Unless you get that, you're, gonna, you're just going to float around. And is he too young? No. He's not. If he's good enough, like I've always said, I would put him in there. Now, whether they don't quite trust him enough yet, I, I'm not privy to that because... You know, he's in training every week. But one, I don't want to see him sitting on the bench. I don't want him because I know that you, he goes to, to games, he will not be playing matches and he needs to play. So he's either got to be first team choice yeah. or he's got to carry on playing for um, the youth side. But there's going to come a time where he can't play for the youth side. And do I want to see him on the bench as a young goalkeeper? No. If, if we've got goalkeepers on loan and Mike Cooper is improving and getting better as a goalkeeper at some point we've either got to give him a go or he's got to go somewhere because it, the way I see it is if, you're, if, you, if you are Michael Cooper and you're thinking hang, well, hang on I'm, there's not a lot of people interested in me just say I don't know Brighton as an example they've got came in for Christian Walton before want to snap him up if he's not playing here why wouldn't you move and not play somewhere else but earn more money and potentially then go out on loan and look at what's happened to Christian Walton do you think because as things stand, Matt Mason will go back at the end of the season. Carl Leverin, um, who knows, will either leave or maybe be offered another one-year deal. Would you have Michael Cooper as your first choice and Carl Leverin as your backup? Well, you know, unless... Again, for me personally, I would seriously consider him as your first choice goalkeeper now. And you've got, you've got to and, and have an understudy to him and let him have his... You know, let him loose. Um, unless they feel that he's not ready. You know, I've seen enough of Mike Cooper um, to know that he needs to be put under pressure now. Mm. He needs to be put under pressure so that he can find out how good he is and how he's going to cope with playing regular first-team football. And, you know, I'd hate to see him go. First and foremost, you know, we want to keep players like Mike Cooper at Plymouth Argyle and utilise what we've got. There's no point in letting him go and him being successful somewhere else and us keep bringing in loan players or bringing a goalkeeper that's not wanted anywhere else. You know, if other teams are prepared to have him, then they must they might consider him a good asset. Why wouldn't we? So, um, you know, like I said, you know, Derek Adams, I'm sure, knows what he's doing. But I think that we've had enough problems with goalkeepers over the last couple of years to think, well, if you've got a young goalkeeper that is has produced some great performances in FA Youth Cups yeah. um, and been man of the match performances week in, week out for them, that there's got to be at some point where you've got to make a decision on it.
And I suppose, again, there's only so long you can be a keeper that's 20, 21. Absolutely. And seeing other 21-year-olds being brought in from Premier League clubs on loan with just as little experience. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it yeah. not and it not start winding you up. Move, moving back to Argyle's unbeaten record in 2019, we might as well keep saying it because it, it, it probably won't last, <laughs> last forever. Um, how far can Argyle realistically go this season? I mean, they're now only six points off eighth place, but then there is quite the, a gap between you know eighth and the playoffs. I, I, it, as things stand, is is top half of the table a realistic target? Oh, without that, it's a, it's a realistic target. I mean, it's so tight, mm. you know, uh, in that uh, in that part of the the league this year. I mean, and I did say, you know, people earlier on in the season were moaning and groaning, and you know, I, I've gone on record as saying that, you know, have a bit of faith. You know, things will get better because there's been too many signs, especially in the attacking areas, that we we are, you know, we all want to fight. We're, we're playing as a team. Things are not going well for us for both reasons. A bit unlucky at times, bad defending at times. Um, but, you know, now we're on this run. Hopefully, we can actually sustain it. Um, whether we do what we did last year is unlikely, but possible. Um, I think a mid-table finish or even a top 10 finish is easily attainable. Um, I've seen enough of the teams in this league already to know that, um, and I've said this before, you know, when people are thinking that, oh, we'd be doomed that we, we were going to be okay this year. Um, although it's not over, it's been a good run. You know, you're not a bad team if you go on a run like this, like five, four wins and a draw in the last five. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's moving forward is great. You've still got to be doing the things that we're doing. Don't get complacent. But you know what? If you're not full of confidence now, then you never will be. But surely, just say our goal, continue this good run and finish, I don't know, 10th this season. Surely there is a, there is understanding as to why fans are saying, well, hang on a minute, if we had a half-decent start, we could say this for two years in a row now, we could be getting into the, that playoffs. And there needs to be some sort of thinking about how they get off to a better start next season. Is it, in your opinion, is it solely down to Derek Adams is changing his team too much every year? Well, I don't think it's down to him for changing his team. Sometimes you're put into a position that you've got no choice. Mm. Um, and there's a lot of players that um, want to leave, players that go back if we're, they're on loan, um, players that he don't feel are quite what he felt were good enough to take the next step. Um, so when you're playing nine, changing nine, 10, 11 players every season, sometimes, and I said this earlier in the season, it takes time. Sometimes you hit the ground running, like Peterborough did early in the season. They hit the ground running. They had, I think, nine changes to their, yeah. their, their squad, but they hit a brick wall as well. Um, so this league is like that. And, and you know, it could be... A, a lot of things, but changing so many players in a squad does take time to find out whether you've made the right moves, whether you've got the right people in the right positions, um, and for them to play with each other. But but it can fans, is it acceptable still for Argyle to expect a, a bad first few three months because you can say, oh, but they'll be fine in three months' time? Should should everything now be going on to focusing? Not now, obviously they're, they're still not safe and they still need to do all that this season. But knowing Derek Adams, he'll already have one eye on next season, be thinking about next season. Is it good enough to just accept that they're not, they're not good starters or should they be pushing on? No, no, not at all. I mean, you, nobody wants a bad start, yeah. Jack. Nobody. I mean, you know, they're, they're not expecting to start the season and go, well, you know, we're always slow starting and we'll, we'll catch up later on. It, it, I don't think nobody wants to do that. I don't think, it, I think it's just a coincidence the last two seasons. It's happened and there are, you know, reasons for it. Um, you know, they're going to be hoping that every time they start a season that they're going to win every game and they're going to be top of the table. That's not always possible. 
Um, so, you know, the, the only way they're going to change that is that look at what what's happened, how they've done it the last two years, and see if that there's things that they can do to make that not happen. Whether that's playing better quality teams in pre-season, because I've always been a little bit worried about that. We play so many local sides that I understand why sometimes that we're trying to help the local community and, and earn a little bit of money and all that stuff. But we need to get go start the season you know, knowing the difficulties we're going to have and well, the that's quality. The, that's of, the thing, there's no point in being tested for the first time six days before the start no, of the season. and I think that that's the only thing I would say about, um, it, you know, I remember when I first came here, I mean, we played Arsenal and Aston Villa at home, you know, in pre-season friendlies. Now, I'm not saying that's what we're going to do, that's what's going to happen because premiership clubs, they go all over the world for pre-season. But I think we may look at that part of it and think that they may, that may be something that we can change. If we can play better quality more often in pre-season, that might test us a bit mm. more and that might get us better prepared. I mean, I have no knowledge to this, but I found it personally quite odd that we didn't play Cardiff in pre-season. Cardiff came down here, they played yeah. a lot of the local teams. I, I, I don't know what the reason why we didn't play them, but that to me seems like an obvious good game to put on. Neil Warnock obviously has helped Argyle out with loan signings since he's been Cardiff manager. And if he's still there in the summer, I don't see why that would be an issue. And that would be a good test, wouldn't it? Absolutely. But there's also a lot of teams, championship teams, yeah. that would come down to Devon. Yeah. You know, we've got to look after them and we've got to, you know, get those sort of games so that we've got that competition. So, you know, we've spoken about, you know, the amount of changes in players and so on and so forth. But I think that, you know, obvious one would be let's play some better quality pre-season friendlies and challenge our first team, what he regards towards the end of that, our first team players or our first team that he feels that he's going to start and play them two or three games on the trot against mm-hmm. good opposition. And maybe then we can get into the season a little bit quicker than we have been. You definitely learn a lot more than playing yeah. folks with just Saltash and Parkway and, yeah. and teams like that. Um, so going back to this season, as, as things stand at the moment, who's, who's impressed you the most recently? Obviously, I, I know the likes of... Lemire will have impressed everyone and Ladapo with his goals. But across the season, who, who, who's who been catching your eye? Well, I mean, obviously, Freddie, obvious, and, and, and uh, Ruben um, has done well. I think the calming influence of David Fox shouldn't be underestimated. He's not the most mobile. I mean, but he gets about and stick, gets his foot stuck in. But, you know, when you see him, he's the one that transfers the ball from one side to the other. When there's a, a very quick pressing from the opposition, he's the one that will go and get the ball and shift the ball quickly uh, and create space. I think so. Him and Sarsovic has now looks like, apart from, I think, up until the game against Walsall last night, I think he's been terrific. Yeah just needs to all that good work he does he doesn't get the goals that he deserves to get so he's got to look at that um, and he looked a little bit tired I think uh, against Walsall but he's another one that has come into his own Yeah. so David Fox Sarsovic obviously Gary Sawyer coming in and it's no coincidence since he's been back things have changed at the back so that is a good sign as well so apart from the obvious players I think those players, and obviously Ashley Smith-Brown, is beginning to learn to play at League One level week in, week out. It took him a bit of time, but he seems like he's becoming... He was always good going forward, yeah. but he lacked that understanding of how to defend, especially on quick breaks, and I think he was getting caught out of position. So there, there's a few players there that I think that, you know, quietly have gone about their business. Um, and I think that central midfield area, um, since Fox um, and Jan Songo, I mean, he... 
that he hasn't been at his best over the last couple of games, but his head's balls away. If you give him a job to do, he'll do it. But give him time on the ball. He's not always the best user of that ball. But defensively, you know, I see him clearing crosses from corners and free kicks and blocking shots and things. So, you know, uh, that stability in there has been a big plus. Well, you hear a lot of managers saying, just don't, don't give players time to think. That's <laughs> yeah. that not, not their best. Yeah. And that's no disrespect to Jan, if you're listening. Um, I think he's terrific, but I do think that he's at his best when he hasn't got time. He, he's there, he's like a, a brick wall, heading the ball away. And get the ball, Jan, give it to the nearest person, you've done your job. And obviously, still, we, we, I think we've got just over a week left of the transfer market. Oscar Frelko, the only signing, not had a second on the pitch yet because of Argos' form. Do you think Argos still needs to strengthen it at a couple of positions? I think I do think Argyle will try and strengthen positions, but if you think that we've got Connor Grant to come back yet, mm-hmm. and you've got Jamie Ness to come back as well, so they've got two midfield players there. You know, if you look at the front area, you've got Freddie Ladapo and you've got Ryan Taylor. There's two different players there. Um, you've also got uh, Luke Jepcott on the bench yeah. that can come in. You know, we haven't seen a lot of him. I think we need that. We do need to add something to the squad to just freshen it up but I think that if he's got targets and he can't get those targets there is pointless him going and getting a player that's going to sit on the bench that's not going to get ahead of the likes of Jamie Ness the likes of Conor Grant the likes of Lionel Ainsworth and Jepcott what about a centre back is, 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 is that needed I mean we've seen I know you've got Peter Grant I know you've got Scott Wooten but they've not impressed when they've been on this season just say Ryan Edwards in touch what he doesn't just say picked up an injury yep. are the backup centre backs good enough or is that somewhere that needs to, because we saw the toll that injuries took on our goal squad last season in the, yep, in the last the few end, months yep. um, do you think that's a, an area where possibly we need to it is as long as we can go and get somebody yeah. that one will sit on the bench behind the likes of Niall Canavan and Edwards. Edwards. Yeah. You've also got Jan Songo that can go in there if one of those two are not playing. So, yes, if you can get somebody that you feel that can go in there, like a Zach Viner, that is like, like a Curtis Nelson, which is more athletic, more quick, um, more mobile, that can complement the aerial of Ryan Edwards, that would be great. But trying to get those players are not easy. And you ain't good. There's no point in going to get somebody like I said that's not going to be ahead of any of the ones that are already on the bench. If we can find them, I'd go and bring one in definitely. But again, we've done this before where we brought in numbers and those people have sat, done nothing, gone back to their clubs. And I know that it's not easy to get your targets because you've got to pay them good money mm. and you've got to give them good contracts if they're up for grabs, or you're going to have to go and get them on loan and they're going to have to be better than the club that other, there are other clubs that are after them. But you're you know, right, I mean, you look at the likes of Simon Church, you look at the likes of Paul Payton who came in last yeah. season, you look at the likes of Danny Nardiello that time he came in. Nothing. A fair few January signings don't all, no. you know, free agents in February, March and, and, go on to not do yeah. much, like you said, just end up taking a wage for not actually giving much back. I mean, if, we can go, if, if Derek Adams has got a target that can go straight in the first team because he's better than what we've got, I'd go and get him yeah. and strengthen that area. But if you haven't got the money or those targets have gone elsewhere, then you are then pointless to go and get numbers if you've already got numbers. That's the problem. And also, the, the other hard thing, I suppose, is, especially with, I would say, the strikers, because I've got been linked to a, to a striker or two, is 
realistically, if with Ladapo in the form that he's in, you're going to have to bring someone in that's happy to sit on the bench. Now, if you're a player that was willing one to go out on loan, you're not going to want to go out on loan and not play football. There's no point in that. So that can be a hard situation as well, can't it? To try and bring someone in that is happy to be on the bench. Yeah. Almost. Well, absolutely, and which is exactly what I just said. Yeah. You know, unless somebody's going to come in that's better than what we've already got in that side, you are going to find it difficult. We want to get those players to do that. Secondly, to get those players that are better than what we've got are going to cost you a bit of money. Yeah. And other clubs are going to want them too. So you've got to compete with a better club in a better position, more money. And those things are very big sticking points for, kid, uh, for, for players that want to come on loan or that want to be signed. So just to come and get players that are going to sit on the bench that are good, are going to, you're going to struggle with that. And it'll be interesting to see what happens on the on the terms of players going out because I still think someone like Tafari Moore could do with a low move possibly, you know he's he's obviously got some potential there but maybe half season in League Two could bode well for our goal for next season so a few it'll be interesting to keep an eye on who's going to move out. Just finally then before we uh, wrap it up, Wickham away on Saturday. I, I won't be going to that game so Chris will be attending that one alone. Um, can I go keep the run going? Do you think? Oh. You know, you, as you know, I'm famous for not my predictions because I don't make predictions because football has got a way of kicking you in the teeth. <laughs> we try our best. We, you try your best you every Saturday. The listeners should know that there's always a, a gang of you that predict the score and I never do that, which is sensible on my part. Of course we can. I mean, you know, the way we are playing at the moment, the confidence that we've got, the games that we've played, um, you know, there's been some tough games and we've come through it really well. Um, I think we can go there with a really positive attitude. And you know what? All I would be looking at is, you know, if and when we win that game, where do we go? Who we got next? It, that's the way football is and that's the way footballers are. Yeah. They will always look at the table. And as we're winning football matches, they're looking at the table thinking, well, if we get three points here, this is where we could be this time next week, this time in a month's time. And I think that that positive attitude, whereas when it's a bit more negative and you're not doing well... You're looking at the bottom of the table thinking, God, we've got to win three or four games to get out of trouble here. And then you start to struggle a little bit. So, yep, Wickham away, definite possibility. I, I just can't see us going there with any negatives. Um, and hopefully we can go there and perform the way we have and, and get a result. And that's the thing. It's The important thing about this run that I've got been on is the fact they've got the likes of Peterborough, Portsmouth, Sunderland all coming up very soon. So going on this run... That will give them a boost going to some what are going to be some very very tough games. Oh, absolutely, and the the one thing that you can also gain is that a lot of clubs have been beaten at home recently. Big clubs, clubs that we didn't expect. The Portsmouths, your Peterboroughs, they've 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 had results that are quite surprising. Um, so going there, I think that they'll be full of confidence, and I, and I don't feel that they're going to really struggle with it. I, I think that uh, we don't know what's going to happen, but at the end of the day, I think that right now we're on a high. We've got to keep it going. Um, and you know you, you've got to take game by game the old cliche we come away let's get that one out of the way and we can think about the rest uh, um, after, after, Saturday, after Saturday and you can stop worrying now I won't ask you for a prediction <laughs> I, I know how much <laughs> well, you know I'm not going to give you one anyway okay, we've been talking for half an hour that's quite oh, quick yeah. I thought it feels like more than 15 <laughs> minutes well thanks very much for coming in and joining us again we'll be back next week to look at so hopefully a good result against Wickham so join us then